work it harder, make it better, do it faster, makes us stronger. So there's my attempt at singing a Daft Punk song. Those are the lyrics from a Daft Punk song that seems to sum up how most of us feel about money, right? More, 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 bigger, bigger, bigger. So why did John and I decide to focus on paying off our debt and downsizing rather than just making more money? That's the question we answered this week on the Queer Money Show. So stick around for a few good stories and our biggest success. Before we get into the show, though, we're proud to announce that once again, the Queer Money Podcast is being brought to you by Mass Mutual, a champion in the LGBT community in the financial services space. Now, on with the show. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. All righty. Well, welcome back to another episode of Queer Money. Uh, so this is one of the first weeks where at the beginning of the month, John and I, whether it's the first or second week of the month, John and I are going to provide you with a little bit of a money tip. Our goal here is with Queer Money is not to just share with you great stories about individuals who are making uh, progress for our community or individuals who have done something very successful that are LGBT members of our community. We also want to provide you with tips and tricks or things that you can do or some of our own personal backstory on how we got out of debt so that you can make progress and thrive financially. And as I mentioned in the intro to the show, this week we're kind of focusing on the reason why John and I decided to focus on getting out of debt before we decided to focus on uh, making more money. Uh, As that opening talked about, those Daft Punk lyrics, A lot of us feel like it's necessary for us to just make more money, the world we live in today. But we want to talk to a little bit about our our story of why we didn't do that first. So I'm going to jump right in by asking, John, why don't you tell us a little bit about your side? For those of of our listeners who have not heard our story, why don't you tell a little bit about your side of the backstory of how you got into debt? Sure. I'm happy to do so. (laughs) I feel like I'm a guest of my own show. (laughs) So, um, in 1999, I moved out to Denver, Colorado from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania with a college friend of mine. And at the time I had $5,000 cash in my uh, bank account. It was a gift from my grandparents after I graduated college. And this was going to be sort of my seed money for starting my amazing adventure in my new life in Denver, Colorado. And while as exciting as that was, unfortunately, within not long after a year after that, um, I had close to $25,000 worth of credit card debt myself. Yikes. I was buried in debt. It, things weren't going well. And so the, in hindsight, I realized that when I moved out to Colorado, I sort of felt like, you know, this is when I start to become an adult. This is when I'm supposed to start living and looking and and keeping up with my parents as, as sort of as peers. So when I, Dan and I, my college room or my roommate after college, we moved out and we bought a whole bunch of brand new furniture for our apartment. For some reason, the only place I knew where to purchase uh, furniture was at Pottery Barn. Um, and then I got a new car and I needed all sorts of new clothing because I was new to Colorado and I wanted to look hip and fun. And uh, one of the main reasons I moved to Colorado was because I wanted to go snowboarding regularly. So uh, I needed, of course, when I got out there, got out here, I needed all brand new boarding equipment boots, bindings, you know, the whole gamut. And so it wasn't very long till I uh, racked up that $25,000. And I kind of did it unconsciously. I just kept swiping the credit card, swiping the credit card, thinking that I'm an adult now. I've got a 
real job. I'll be able to pay it off easily. There's no problem. And if the credit card companies are willing to make this money available to me, certainly there's no problem with me using it. I didn't really understand what the situation that I was putting myself into. And until two or three years after that, I started to see the effects of my debt was growing even without me adding to my credit card. But it was also hard for me not to add to my credit card because my expenses were getting so big and I wasn't making that much money at the time. So it was kind of a a very stressful time in my life. And I remember one day sitting on the my Pottery Barn couch, watching TV. I was actually watching Oprah and probably eating Ben and Jerry's at the time because I was depressed. And Oprah was doing a show um, that featured a book of people who were living their best lives. They had gone through some struggle or turmoil and they finally realized what their calling was in life. And some of these people, they kind of got it. They got the hint from the universe early on. But some people had to go through sort of catastrophe after catastrophe after catastrophe until they realized that, oh, this is God or the universe telling me that I'm put on this earth to do something. And that was the first moment that I got an inclination that maybe this $25,000 worth of credit card debt wasn't just a mistake. Maybe there's a purpose to this. Maybe I'm supposed to help people who have the same problem in some way. The problem was, is I needed to get rid of my problem. <laughs> so that started a whole new journey. But unfortunately, it wasn't, I, I didn't, the, the, the hint from the universe wasn't loud enough or it didn't hit me across the face hard enough um, that I didn't act on it. And it took um, several different definitions of catastrophes for me to realize that this was something I was supposed to do. But one of those moments was when you and I met. And we decided that we liked each other enough that we wanted to become boyfriends. And it wasn't long after that, about a year and a half after we got together, that we kind of had this aha moment that um, we were buried in $51,000 worth of credit card debt. But David tells this story much more eloquently than I do. But before we do that, David, do you have any words to add? <laughs> yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll try to truncate my backstory down a little bit faster than John. <laughs> I um I started uh, my journey with debt when I was 19, uh, and my mother took me to a credit union to get where I had a, a savings account, and she took me there to get a an emergency credit card. I mean, isn't that what most of us call them? These are emergency credit cards. We're only going to use them in emergency. And and beware, parents out there, when you tell your kids you're going to get them a credit card only for emergencies, because I did not use it for emergencies. I went on a vacation during that summer over to Ireland and England, and I, although I never had any emergencies, I came back with that credit card nearly maxed out. And that began my 17-year albatross of debt. It took me uh, a journey through uh, Colorado, South Dakota, and back to Colorado. And along the way, I kept on making mistake after mistake after mistake of never paying off my credit cards. Actually, I had one experience where I needed some money and my parents wired me some money into my uh, account at my credit union. And I went to withdraw some of that money and all of it had been withdrawn from the, the bank account. My account had, I didn't, wasn't aware of this, but my account had been garnished by my credit card company. So they withdrew all of that money. So unfortunately, when I needed it for an emergency, it wasn't there for me to be able to use. But my basically my story was that I kept on nickel and diming myself further and further and further into debt. I never really put big purchases on my credit card. I, I think except for one year when I was in college, I used that credit card to 
purchase a computer. But besides that, by the time John and I got together and started to hit our time frame of when we wanted to get out of debt, I had nearly $14,000 in credit card debt. And it just, like I said, it was this albatross around my neck. So then what was the aha moment that made you say, I'm done. Right. I can't take it anymore. Was that Susan Powder? I can't <laughs> right. take it anymore. Stop the insanity. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it, it, it was a, an aha moment really for us. It was, uh, as you said, you needed to be slapped aside uh, the head, I think, with something bigger. And that really kind of happened for us. We went up to the mountains to see John's friend, the one he had moved to Colorado with. He and his girlfriend were living up in a mountain town that we absolutely loved. And we fell in love with this idea of living up there in that mountain town and having a vacation home, uh, living in Denver and vacationing in the mountains. And so we checked out some real estate on our way out of town. We headed out of town and we had an hour and a half drive back to Denver. And I say, thank God we were locked in a car together for an hour and a half because we went from this euphoria of being able to buy land and build a home to buy a home, maybe buy a condo. Maybe we shouldn't be living, uh, even be thinking about vacationing up there. And we got back to our place, pulled into the parking lot, opened the door and walked down a flight of stairs into a basement apartment that was so dark in the wintertime that we hardly saw the light of day. And we realized at that moment, after having that conversation, and actually we came clean, we came out to each other about our financial situation. We realized that between the two of us, we had $51,000 in credit card debt. And that was kind of that aha of, this is crazy. How about you, John? Is there anything you can add to that? No, I think that pretty much hits the nail on the head. What I... Remember, though, I've, I've, there were other instances in our lives, in my life, when I knew I wanted to get rid of this debt. I mean, I, I had that debt for several years. And it wasn't until that night when we were sitting on that dark, dank basement floor that I really felt like this was the turning point, that we were actually going to affect change in our lives. And there was just sort of this gut feeling that, that this was the impetus for our change. Right. So why do you think that we chose first to, to pay off debt? Because actually at the time, we're, we we were both working in financial services. We were making okay money. We weren't making great money. We, we were working making okay money. But why do you think we chose to pay off debt first? Well, for me specifically, I know that even though I wasn't making great money at the time that we decided to turn our financial situation around, I there were several years in a row where I would get bonuses or increases. And it was evident to me, both from a theoretical perspective, having been in financial services, as well as from a practical perspective, that just increasing my income wasn't going to make my financial problems go away. Unless I addressed the root problem that was causing me to continue to swipe that credit card, having more money coming into my bank account each month, increasing my income so that I could increase my available credit was only making going to make matters worse. And so I think for us, for me specifically, getting closer to the root cause of the problem was saying, okay, let's focus on the debt first. There's two, two sides to this balance sheet. Let's focus on the one side first, and then we'll put more emphasis on the other side. 
Yeah, you know, I think that I kind of focused or thought that we should focus on our debt first because it seemed like it was the debt that was holding us back from being able to really achieve the things that we wanted in life. At one point, we've calculated that we were spending nearly $10,000 a year on interest charges going to banks and these financial institutions because we had borrowed so much money to enjoy life temporarily. And and really, that's what it was. A, a lot of our purchases were, were temporary purchases, happy hours, uh, vacations. These were not long-term things that we would really enjoy. And then we were paying 20% more every year to be able to have those things. And so I think that we we realized that it was debt, the debt that was the obstacle to us having a good life, not having more money. Right. And there were instances, you know, I know specifically that when my income increased, um, it was just ironically that I would get a, a letter in the mail that my credit limit was increased. <laughs> <You know? laughs> those so. those go out when around bonus time, right? <laughs> when everybody thinks they're going to have some more money or, or when salary increases happen. Right. So all of a sudden I was getting more income and then all of a sudden I had more available credit and it's, it felt extra richer. But year after year, I was just acquiring the debt. So that to me, that's why it was, it was very important for us to sort of focus on the debt first. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that the reason why we chose to, instead of just start making more money, we both realized that there had been so many times in our lives where we were allowing budget creep to happen. And you know, budget creep is basically where your your budget just keeps on getting larger and larger and larger, which I think is lifestyle creep as well. A lot of people call it that. And it's so easy for, for anyone, uh, let alone people in the LGBT community, to feel like they need to keep up with other people or they need to have these things to make themselves feel better. And I think that that's kind of where we stopped ourselves and we said, if we make more money, we're just going to spend more money, right? Exactly. And I think budget creep is, is much easier to do today than it ever was because companies have realized that if, if they can get us to finance everything, they can make exponentially much more money than if we would just pay for them with cash up front. So right now it's you know the it's just ten dollars a month here it's just fifteen dollars a month there and it's going to be it sounds cheap on a, you know on a per cost basis but when you total up all of your monthly expenses that it gets a lot larger and then when you times that by twelve you start to see wow geez some of these things are costing me several hundred dollars a year and I wasn't aware of it because I was mostly focused on what my month to month expense was. Right. So since we've paid off our debt, what do you think has been some of the biggest successes that we've had because we've paid off our debt? Oh, there's, I think there's been a lot of successes. I think probably, I'll say there's two things. The first thing I think was just the sense of accomplishment and yes. liberation and freedom. There wasn't this gnawing, nagging stress in the back of my mind constantly. I wasn't afraid to answer the phone. I wasn't afraid to get the mail. Um, so that I think just the alleviation of that financial stress was huge, and it, I, that was when I think I started to stop feeling so um, uh, negative about myself. Um, I wasn't so because I wasn't so negative about my financial situation or the mistake that I got myself into. We had turned that situation around. I think the other thing I would add to that is I, our lives have drastically improved. 
we're now able to live the lives that we want to live. And part of that it was the learning process of, of, of focusing on what it is that's most important to us and why what it is we want to spend our money on and not getting distracted by other things. Some of the things some of the reasons for why we increased our credit card debt. But to me, just being able to live the lives that we want to live, that paying off the credit card, our credit card debt was the first step in us being able to do that. Right. So what would you say is for you? You know, it's interesting to me because I think one of the things that I love the most, um, and I, I, I'm not saying this in a way to brag, but one of the goals that we originally set was to give back to our community more. And since we paid off our debt, instead of sending tens of thousands of dollars every year to these credit unions, we've actually been able to invest that back into our community. Whether it's local organizations that we work with that are trying really hard to change the laws in the state of Colorado, or organizations that are around the country like Destination Tomorrow, uh, um, there's other organizations that we've been able to give our money to because we know that when we give our money there, it's going to do good work. It's really helping. And that that's one of the the things I absolutely love. I'd also say that an additional success is that uh, we are becoming a voice for the LGBT community when it comes to personal finance. We get to work with these large financial firms, some some of them multi-billion dollar companies. And you know, 60% of the, in a recent mass mutual study, uh, 60% of LGBT people who responded to that study say that they are fearful, fearful of financial services firms. They don't think that these firms actually are out there trying to help them. and But that's why we love working with companies like MassMutual. MassMutual is one that's been there for us. They were there um, to support us, and they want us to know. They want our community to know, and that's what I love that we get to do, is we get to tell our community about these companies that are actually out there doing work to help us. Like, for example, they were there to support a marriage equality back in 2013, 2014. Uh, they've been regular supporters of the Equality Act to ban discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. They have These are the kinds of companies that have our back, and they do it more than just during Pride. So when you see these floats going down the Pride Parade and you see these these companies, some of these companies, not all, but some of these companies are actually out there every month doing these this kind of stuff. They're supporting us in ways that we, many of us, are unaware. And so that's what we get. We get to be the voice, uh, the mouthpiece for some of these companies to let, uh, let us know that they're doing these kinds of things. So I want to just say thanks to Mass, Mass Mutual again. Exactly. And even if you don't want to or don't end up becoming a voice for these companies or for our community to connect with these companies, we, when you are debt free and you're able to start acquiring more money, then you know you can put your money where you know it feels good. You know it's actually going to uh, serve the community. You're 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 strengthening the pink dollar. So I, I think it's a great segue into my next question for you: Is why are you now focused on making more money? <laughs> I I think that. Part of the reason we fo- we waited and now we're focusing on it is because we get to really then focus on the other things that are a little bit more about us. You know, we've done a lot of work to help our community, but now we also get to focus on things that make us, uh, our lives better. So we are saving money for our retirement. We're wanting to make sure that not only are we giving to our community now, but we can give to our community for the rest of our, our lives. And when we do pass 
away, we have money that will go to the causes that we are adamantly uh, supportive of. And so I, I love that we get to, to, to do that. And we can only do that when we're not broke. If we're not broke, we can't help anybody. We can't, I mean, if we're broke, we can't help anybody. We can't help uh, ourselves. We can't help our community. And when these organizations need help financially or with our time, then we can be there for them. So that's part of the reason why we're focused on making more money. And I, I will just say, you know, it's um, we do have an episode coming up next week with Jonathan Lovitz of the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. And this is an organization that helps businesses like uh, Debt Free Guys, like the Queer Money Podcast. They help us reach out and work with corporations that want to support us, support our community. It gives us an opportunity to redirect dollars right back into our community, whether it's helping uh, uh, act, um, advocacy or it's actually helping the LGBT community grow financially. So check out, you know, listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll be a little bit selfish here, but you know, two of the three reasons why you and I decided that we wanted to get out of credit card debt was because we wanted to retire comfortably and we wanted to travel much more than we had at that point, and we wanted to travel in cash. And so that, to me, are those to me are two of the, the things that I think many in our community community can relate to is that we don't want to have that financial insecurity in retirement, and we're making more money today is allowing us to save and invest more money today so that we can have more money in the future when we need it or when we want it. But then also we're able to travel and we know how much our community loves to travel. Um, but our concern is that so many in our community are traveling in debt and they're sacrificing um, their future for today. And um, while we were definitely there at one point, it's much more rewarding to be able to go on vacation, to travel the world, to see all sorts of things, and then to return home with just having good memories and not having a, a gigantic credit card bill. Yeah, absolutely. So when someone's listening to this, John, what do you think is one of the tips that we could give them that would help them while they're paying off their debt and still be able to have a good time? Because that's one of the things that we always said was that we still need to enjoy life because if we don't, then we won't continue to pay our debt off. What What were some of the things that you think we did? Well, I think there are two things that we did I think that were very smart and that I think apply to everybody is start becoming more judicious about the things you say yes to. Um, you know, we, get, we all get lots of invitations to go to different <laughs> right. events and to do all sorts of stuff. And we're, I think we're very inclined to not say no. We don't want to be left out. We don't want to make somebody feel bad. Um, but then very often that can kind of lead, lead us into spending more money that we didn't want to spend to begin with. Right. Um, and if you're paying off your debt, you know, your number one goal is to pay off your debt. And it's not necessarily to make sure everybody else feels great. So be okay with declining certain invitations. Um, be okay with just focusing on the activities and the people and the events that are um, enjoyable and fun and important to you. Right. I think that a lot of us forget that not everyone's party or reason to party needs to be our reason to party because oftentimes when it's their reason to party, they want to do it big, just like we do. And we can't do it big every single weekend. <laughs> exactly. And then the second part of that I would add is... Very often when we make a commitment to become debt-free or to lose weight, we think that, you know, at the strike of midnight every year, I'm going to become a whole brand new person and have whole different results. Um, and that's simply not the case. You're just setting yourself up for, failure, up for failure for that. So even though, even if you're going to only focus on the events that are fun and that are important to you, 
um, don't um, don't cut them out. The, the things that are important to you, don't cut them out completely, but don't go overboard either. Remember again that you want to be a little bit judicious, and that you know if there are things that are or events or people that um, are important for you to spend time with or to hang out with, then do that. But maybe do it a little bit less, or do it a little bit more strategically, so you're not always spending a bunch of money when you do actually do those events. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think probably one of the biggest tips that I would give is is to just take a little bit of time, whether it's 15 minutes or half an hour every week, and just plan it out. When you have the plan, it's just like going to the grocery store. If you have the list and the menu, you know what you're going to buy. When you go to the grocery store and you don't have that, it, your, your shopping cart gets filled up with everything that you're hungry for at that moment. You see a bag of Doritos and you get that. You see brownies and you get that. And you get home and all you have is junk food and you don't really have anything to make a real meal. <laughs> Now I want a brownie and I want to have a brownie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Mr. Auten, why did you create the seven day debt freedom challenge that people can access on the homepage of debtfreeguys.com? Right. A little plug here. Um, so we we got out of debt, and the reason that we did that is so that we can have a better life. And be, we know that fifty six percent of the LGBT community worries about money on a weekly basis, and we're disgusted by that. There's there's no reason why that many of us need to be worried about money. And so we did this kind of as the springboard or the jumping off point to get yourself prepared to become debt-free. And we we encourage you to go to the website, take a look at it, download the, uh, the uh, workbook and Join the, us with that challenge. If you are part of the Queer Money Group, go back in and look at our weekly tracking. Uh, several weeks back, we, um, or actually last week, we uh, we went ahead and did the challenge ourselves to show you what it's really like. It's it, it's a way to set your mind in order to be prepared to start living debt free. Exactly. I think, you know, debtforguys.com and Queer Money have been great resources for our community. We get a lot of positive feedback from that. And there's a lot of great content on both of those platforms. But up until this point, with the launch of our new website and then launch of the challenge, there wasn't really a, a, a process for people to say, OK, I want to become debt free or I want to improve my, my financial situation. What are the steps for us to do? And you and I um, have used these steps. We boiled them down to what we think are the most important steps. Um, and so now people have a prescription to figure out how do they get from point A to point B in their financial lives. Absolutely. And I will say one kind of one of the last reasons why we've created this is John and I have learned so much in our lives over the last oh, 10, 12 years of paying off our debt, starting a business, helping our community. And we kind of feel like that this is this is our way of giving back, our way of helping the community. And also, I, I kind of, I don't want to keep this knowledge to myself. It's unfair for me to just say, oh, I'm going to do this. and I'm not going to uh, share this with anybody else because so many people are struggling right now. Yeah. That's exactly correct. So if you're listening to this podcast, please, uh, when you get the moment, go to debtfreeguys.com. On the homepage, at the very center, you can click the button that allows you to go to see what the challenge is all about, take the challenge, complete all seven steps, um, join the Queer Money Group and keep us posted on what your, how your progress is um, so that we can motivate you and answer any questions that you have. But if you have any inkling of wanting to pay off your debt or improve your financial situation, certainly take that challenge. Sounds good. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.
So if you're anything like us, when you move from one house to another or one apartment to the other, you decide to ditch a bunch of old junk that you've had around for years, right? This process of downsizing makes our move more successful and saves us time from packing and unpacking. The same can go for our financial lives. If we want to successfully move from struggling to surviving, we've got to get rid of some of the old habits, the junk, and things that we have that are holding us back. For many of us, what holds us back is our debt. The key to becoming truly wealthy is living below your means, which cannot happen when you're paying thousands of dollars in interest charges. So we encourage you to think about paying off your debt and right-sizing your life as the beginning of your journey to financial freedom. Thank you again to Mass Mutual for supporting the Debt Free Guys and the Queer Money Podcast as the vehicle for helping the LGBT community learn and thrive financially. Until next week, live fabulously, not fabulously broke. Thanks again.